What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. And welcome back to another episode of the DFS Today podcast and The Advantage. I am your host, Michael Fiddle. Today is Thursday, December 15th, which means today's episode is a full slate breakdown for the upcoming Week 15 main slate. Before we get to that good stuff, I have a few quick announcements to make. One, make sure you are following me on Twitter at MFiddle14 or you join the Sports Ethos Wager Pass and Discord channel. I have been dropping down my amount of DFS podcasting to twice a week, doing only a Thursday and Saturday show. And to trade off, I am increasing my amount of NBA gambling content. So I've been tweeting out, I've been posting in the Wager Pass and Discord a ton of NBA picks over the last few weeks. We've been doing absolutely amazing in that sphere. You guys know I am originally an NBA gambler. That is what butters my biscuit, is what I always say. So that is where you want to find me. If you think I'm good at doing this NFL stuff, you should see how I do on the hardwood. So come join me and let's take down the association. Um, but back to the football stuff. We absolutely crushed it here last week. I'm joined again. Like I said, I have Willie Ormack back in the building with me. Should be here every Thursday through the playoffs, hopefully. Um, but Willie, I went 3-1 and one in my bets. I won both of my DFS lineups. I feel like you might have went undefeated. Talk to us. How are you doing? How did you do last week? Are you ready to keep that ball rolling into this week? Undefeated, baby. Undefeated. Woo! Last week, we teased the Bengals down, and we teased the Eagles down. That was a very easy bet. Cashed in quickly. We like San Fran last week. Destroyed Tampa. And as a Jets fan, we also talked about taking the Jets plus nine and a half. It was a backdoor cover. Mike White almost died, but he is alive. And let's get to it this week. All right. So let's start. Should we just start off this conversation with the Thursday night football game that we got going tonight? Yeah, I think that makes the most sense. All right. I, I kind of have a lot to say here, Willie. This line opened. You, got, you know I always, you know, and listeners of this podcast who follow me on Twitter will certainly know this too. I am like weeks ahead of my line looking. Like I already know some of the week 16 lines that have been posted. And when this line, a week 15 line was posted, I saw it in week 14. And I watched the betting trends in week 14. This line opened at a uh, minus three and a half. And it was bet down to a Seahawks plus one and a half. So originally 49ers minus three and a half, and it moved to 49ers minus one and a half. So we had two points of movement coming in on the Seahawks before last Sunday's games happened. And then last Sunday, Seahawks lose to the Panthers. Brock Purdy fucking destroys Tom Brady and the, and the <laughs> Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? We don't, we don't need to mince our words about it. It was an absolute freaking catastrophe for Brady and the Bucs. And they're they're dead to us now. So, um, so Purdy does really well. Gino struggles. The line jumps back to three and a half because of the outcomes of these games. So when they reset the lines for the now upcoming week, it's now it's no longer the look ahead numbers. It's now the real numbers that you're going to get. It went back to three and a half, and it's been bet back down to three. So now my roundabout way of understanding all of this, Willie, is to say that. 
the line has been consistently ticking towards the 49ers for football reasons, but for the gamblers who have been studying the line and projecting the line, they have been consistently all over the Seahawks. So my best bet for tonight's game is to jump in on the Seahawks plus three, to jump in on this Seahawks money line plus 150, and I like Seahawks at home short week against a quarterback playing in his third game ever. I am not sold yet. You are struggling over there to, to hear this from me. Give me your reaction to this. If for the for the people who aren't seeing this live, Willie is like covering his eyes and like 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 as if he was crying at me. Go for it. No, I mean I agree with you. Um, I, I just think Brock Purdy's actually just been playing really well, um, and Tampa doesn't have a bad defense, right? And he, and he just annihilated Brady um, and Tampa in general. I just it's hard for me to take Seattle because I think the 49ers are a better team, plain and simple. Um, I understand like Seattle is a very good team. They did just lose to the Panthers though. Um, so in this spot, I'm, I'm not going to take a bet. Um, if I were to lean any way, I'd probably lean taking the 49ers just because I think they're the better team. But I completely understand what you're saying and Seattle is a good team. So I think it's gonna be a very good game. Yeah, I do think it's definitely going to be a good game tonight. I'm seeing on DraftKings that the Seahawks plus three is plus 105, whereas the VIG to pay on FanDuel is minus 105. So if you were going to make this bet, highly suggest doing it over at DraftKings. For some reason, the, the FanDuel money line is more valuable than DraftKings. So I'll be putting the money line bet in on FanDuel, the spread bet in on DraftKings. It is a great kind of glimpse into how important it is to have multiple sports books so that you could always get the better odds at whichever books that you have accounts at. Let's move on, Willie, and discuss the Saturday and Sunday games. So we are actually getting Saturday games, and for the DFS slate, the DFS listeners are probably like, what slate are you going to do for DFS? Me and Willie are going to talk about every game for the Saturday slash Sunday slate. So it's a 12-game, 24-team slate. If you are playing in a different contest, if you are playing in only a Saturday contest, if you are playing in only a Sunday contest, you can certainly use the names and the players that we give out. The values might be a little different, but the situations in those games, in those spots are still the same nonetheless. So you will get the same players that we like that are highlighted, and we will be able to cover more games. So we are doing the Saturday-Sunday 12-game, 24-team slate. Um, Willie, let's move on to just other Week 15 bets Saturday games, Sunday games, what do you got for us? What do you like on the board for week 15? Um, my best bet of the week is going to be Chargers minus three um, against the Titans. The Titans got absolutely hammered by Jacksonville last week. And woo, the Chargers finally for the first time have Mike Williams, Keen Allen, Gerald Everett, and my guy Austin Eckler healthy. Herbert, who is... He just destroyed his ribs in, in the beginning of the season. Is finally healthy. And Let's say Herbert healthy too. He can't be left out of that group. Yeah, even though 100%. he's been playing, he's finally healthy. And their defense showed up last week. The Chargers are a team that you should be scared of at this point. They're they're very underrated. And I actually, this is going to be a hot take for the listeners. I do think that there's a world the Chargers can win the Super Bowl this year. As crazy as that sounds, it's okay. Um, really. 20-second timeout. You texted me, Chargers Super Bowl. And, like, just randomly <laughs> out of nowhere. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's kind of a hot take. I don't totally disagree with it. And now is actually the right time to get into the market because it is a 34-1 to bet right now for the Chargers to win the Super Bowl. They are in pretty good shape that they are going to get one of these wild card spots. And they are a team that is getting healthy and feared you love this 30, 34 to one bet. How 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 are you feeling? I, about I, it? I absolutely love it, dude. We've been watching a Chargers team who's been injured the entire year. I mean, you they haven't played with a healthy Justin Herbert, a healthy Mike Williams, and a healthy Keenan Allen. They've Keenan Allen's either been out, Mike Williams has been out, Justin Herbert's ribs have been shattered into pieces. Austin Eckler's been the entire team. It's been Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler. And, like, you can say Joshua Palmer and a couple other people, but Joshua Palmer, as much as I like him, is not Mike Williams, and he's not Keenan Allen. The Chargers are a team to be feared for sure. Austin Eckler's a beast. Mike Williams can do things that Joshua Palmer and a bunch of other receivers can't do. 
Keen Allen is their third down blanket receiver. Like, if you need a first down conversion, oh, let's just throw it to Keenan Allen, the the man. And I love Justin Herbert. Like, look, he's been hurt. People like Chargers, oh, they're not that good. They are good. They just need a healthy team. Yeah, their defense hasn't been great. Their defense is getting better. They showed it last week. If the Chargers make the playoffs, I don't want to play the Chargers, plain and simple. Yep. That's yep. where I stand. Like, I like them. So let me add in a few other uh, thoughts here. Everyone is down on their coach, Brandon Staley, right now. Brandon Staley came in as the coach of the year favorite. So, like, dude knows what he's doing. Guy knows his analytics. He comes in with a game plan. He's kind of been the reason the whole NFL has gone to this shell cover two defense and take away the big play. That was kind of his concept in the NFL, which all the other teams are actually running better than the Chargers defense right now. Chargers defense just doesn't have their guys, their talent. I don't think it's a Staley issue. I think the fourth downs, he obviously knows when he wants to go for it and when he doesn't. Uh, they just haven't been converting at a good rate, but now they have their talent back. And if you think about some of the geometry of a football field, Keenan Allen kind of provides the middle of the field to open up. Mike Williams opens up the deep end of the field. So now the field has just been stretched for the Chargers where they're playing with more space. So bringing back just their guys lengthens the field for what they can do. And therefore, it spreads out the defense. And therefore, the offense should be able to do a lot more. So I am in agreement with Willie. Chargers should be a feared team. Uh, headed down the stretch of the season. I am already on the Chargers minus one and a half for this week. Willie likes it at minus three. I am in agreement with him. I do think it's also worth taking at minus three. I even think it could be worth playing an alternate spread like minus nine and a half if you could get like a plus 270 situation and play them to win by double digits. I like that situation too. If we're really backing the Chargers and say, hey, this is when the Chargers come on strong. The Titans defense... Their, their secondary can't stop anybody. So if the, the Chargers offense is really going to open up, they might really do it against this Titans team. Uh, my last thought about this, Willie. Yeah. And this is kind of a funny one. Did you hear uh, Collinsworth on the Sunday night broadcast having a full-on Herbert gasm, I called it? No, I did not. Talk to me about can, it. Can I, can I do my – this is my Collinsworth talking to Mike Tirico. <laughs> do it. <laughs> Oh, Mike, this Justin Herbert guy, can, can you even believe what he's doing on the football field? I mean, watching Justin Herbert just gives me a four-hour erection. It's like taking a Viagra. <laughs> that was an obs- I love that. Wow. That's what that Collinsworth sounds like. He sounds like he's four cigarettes deep, and he's just yeah. drunk off his ass, and he's just so happy with watching this Justin Herbert guy. I mean, come on. He reminds me of Patrick Mahomes. God, that's amazing. Hey, that Mike, is amazing. Mike, Mr. Tarico, can you believe we get to sit up here and watch Justin Herbert? <laughs> um, so, Mike, that's hilarious. The, the second game I wanted to talk about was the Ravens versus the Browns. Can you, can you talk a little bit about that game first? In terms yeah, of just so- the weather condition? The line, I think, has been flat at two and a half really all week. I'm going to quickly check on it. Um, week, yeah, it's been staying at two and a half all week. Um, we're seeing 51% of the bets are on Cleveland, but 57% of the money is on the Ravens. So that would lean me towards saying I'd like a Ravens spot. I'd like to know who their quarterback is. I would like it to be Huntley confirmed um, because I feel more confident in them. The weather in this game, it might be sleeting. Uh, I, I know that because I might be starting Ravens defense in my season-long fantasy situation that I've been monitoring the weather there. There might be sleet, um, rain, ice, storm mixture. Um, for those who don't know what sleet is, maybe I'm talking to my fellow <laughs> California brethren now. Um, I do think, Willie, at the plus two and a half, uh, it's a great teaser spot for the for the Ravens. Uh I don't trust the Browns yet at all. I don't trust Watson yet at all. I know they're home. I know he's knocking off his rust. I know the Ravens, you know, don't have their quarterback, and they've been struggling on offense. But this Ravens team knows how to run. They know how to pull off wins. They have a really good defense. Uh, I like the two and a half. I like pushing them up through the three, through the seven with a teaser. Um, and, you know, when, when you have such a low point total like we always talk about, those points are, are valuable. So I like them in a teaser leg a lot. 
Yeah, I thought you were going to save some brilliance for me over here, but I guess not. Um, the game also, I believe, opened up at, what, 41.5? Was that the over-under it opened up at? Uh, you're right, yep. And yep. now it is at 37. So like Mike said with the sleet, um, the snow coming in, it's going to be a low-scoring game. Deshaun Watson also just hasn't looked good. And Baltimore, like Mike said, is, is coached very well. They have a good defense. Um, J.K. Dobbins played really well last week. And for that reason, because Baltimore is the underdog and I think they can outright win this game, I'm going to tease them up um, because I do think if the Browns win, it will not be by a lot. I think it will be a low-scoring game based off the weather conditions, and I think it's a smart play. Um, and I'm as we go throughout this, uh, this pod, I will tell you who I'm going to tease them with. Great. Yeah, I think they are a beautiful teaser leg. Let me jump in and try and guess one of the possible second teaser legs because Willie this is actually one of my two best bets on the board it is available at DraftKings it is not available at FanDuel it is going against your Jets so maybe I'm wrong guessing this would be the second leg of your teaser but taking the Lions at DraftKings at plus one to plus seven is something I really like as well there has been so much Lions steam over the last few weeks Um, I really like continuing to back that steam Lions are going on the road. We know they're not as good of a team on the road in a cold situation. So playing in New York's December weather, not the best spot for them. But Jets are certainly banged up. Lions are getting healthy. Lions are being bet by the Sharps so heavily that I cannot ignore it personally. You get a much better line at DraftKings with the plus one because it can be teased. So I love the idea of teasing the Lions plus one. I'm also on the Lions with plus one in general as a normal line, but I also see inherent value in making that a plus seven. Is that your second leg? It's not, because I can't believe you would even say something to me like that as a Jets fan. I mean, <laughs> listen, I'm, I'm going to agree with you here, right? As a Jets fan, I am going to agree with you, but the fact that you think I'm going to bet on Detroit is just beyond me. With so that, that being is said... That an, is that a no-bet spot for you? Like, do, is, that, is that you saying you lean Lions, but you're not going to bet? Are you going to bet Jets? How do you feel about... No, I think the Detroit, I think the Detroit tease is, is definitely the move. Um, I'm okay. just not gonna I'm just not gonna say it again. I just said it once, and that's all I'm gonna say. Um, so who no. who is your who is your leg in the, the second teaser? Well, um, the, the second the second leg is actually this is going to be wild. I I'm gonna tease the um, the Bills down to minus one versus Miami. Um, oh. And I'm going to do this because I have been paying very close attention to Miami. They've been great all year. Two has been a rock star. He's been top five MVP uh, candidate votes. Here's the thing. Their O-line is getting injured. And when they played the 49ers, the biggest problem I've had with Tua, and I think a lot of other people have had with Tua, is that when pressure occurs, his footwork tends to get very sloppy. When Tua's footwork gets sloppy, he starts to miss throws that either end up in interceptions or going, oh, he's just missing throws and it's not good. Um, And in my opinion, like the Bills are going to bring pressure. And I I don't, I I think that this is a spot where the, the Bills win the game. I'm not sure by how much, but I think the Bills are the better team. Tua's looked pretty bad two weeks in a row. And um, I think he needs to calm down a little bit, and I don't think it's going to be against the Bills. So I think the Bills roll here, and I like the Bills at minus one. So this is a very strong situational spot for the Bills, too, being at home. Again, December weather in Buffalo, and then you have the team from Miami flying in. Like, when they step off the plane, those Miami boys are going to be, woof, it's fucking cold here. Um, So I think you can (laughs) lean into that a bit. I think they're going to be a little bit less comfortable playing there. I also think if you look at the standings, if the Bills win this one, they kind of have locked up the division. They almost have locked up the one seed. So this is kind of a two-for-one situation where if they win one game, they might be able to, you know, rest a future game. So so this game means a lot to them. Miami's banged up all around. Uh, Willie mentioned the offensive line injuries. Tyreek doesn't look right. Waddle doesn't seem totally right. So if Tua's weapons aren't right either, I mean, you can't trust Tua without his weapons. So, yeah, I really, Willie, I really like that, um, taking the Bills with the – 
with the Ravens. So Bills also, down to one, Ravens up to eight and a half. I think that's a very strong teaser. Yeah, not only that, like let's not – first of all, they, I, I forgot to mention, they lost to the Chargers, right? So they lost to San Fran, then they lost to the Chargers. Two went 10 for 28 against the yeah, Chargers. The Chargers' defense has not been good at nope. all all year. Nope. Teams have been throwing all over them. It was bad. 49ers obviously got into Tua's head. If you watch the 49ers game, his footwork was horrible, and there's there's film to back it up. And it did not look any better against San Diego, against, uh, sorry, not San Diego, against the Chargers. Um, and I don't think, Buffalo's given up the six fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. I don't think he's going to be a great play by any means. And I think Buffalo rolls, Buffalo rolls here. Josh Allen's a massive competitor. He, he wants the playoff spot. He wants to uh, link it up. And for that reason, I, I really do like the Bills. He might want to rest his elbow a week at the end of the season, too. So... Yeah, exactly. Um, Willie, there's three more games that I want to hit, and then we'll transition over to DFS. Let me run through these pretty quickly and tell me, agree, disagree, kind of bounce off any thoughts that you may have. Patriots versus Raiders. Patriots are a plus one on the road against the Vegas Raiders. Patriots are coming off a win on the road in Arizona where they were a road favorite and they were able to win and cover. Um this is Belichick going against his former coach in McDaniels. Historically, Belichick against former coaches is pretty dominant. The only former coach of his that would beat him consistently was Brian Flores when he was the Dolphins coach. I think that's more of an outlier than a uh, thing to a trend, rather. So Patriots being plus one right now, I think they're a great teaser leg. The only thing that I'm waiting on in that game is injury news. So like, if Waller's going to play, if Renfro's going to play, I think that line might move if Panda Jack, the cornerback for the uh, Patriots, who should be covering Devontae, if he's out, then I don't like it as much. I know he got hurt last game, so we'll see if he's going to play this week. I like the Patriots plus one if Panda Jack is playing, so I'll just say that. I like the money line situation. I like them in a teaser. How do you feel about the Patriots situation? Yeah, I would just wait on the injury news, and I agree with your train of thought. All right, cool. Moving on to the next one. Commanders minus four and a half, taking on the New York Giants. I'm on Commanders. I got this at minus three and a half. I still love this at minus four and a half. The Commanders have played uh, two games over the last three weeks, or this will be their second game over the last three weeks. Both of them are against the Giants. This one is now at home, and they had a bye week sandwich in the middle. So this commander's team has been preparing for the Giants for basically a month. It is their, a win-in-their-in playoff game scenario for them. They are at home. The Giants have been banged up and looking real weak recently. I love taking the commanders. If you don't love the 4.5, you could play the money line. I'm okay laying the spread that I have at three and a half already. Willie, talk to me about commanders over the Giants. You agree with me? You disagree? How are you feeling about this NFC East playoff battle? What have Mike and I have been saying all year, baby? The Giants are fraudulent. I was going to say, is that the Giants suck? Because that's been my theme all season. Listen, I know I'm a Jets fan. I'm not trying to shit on the Giants, and they've done a great job like winning a bunch of games, good coach, but they are fraudulent, and the Eagles exposed them last week. I mean, embarrassing. Um, I'm going to take Washington. I'm going to agree with you here. Saquon Barkley is also a little bit injured. He's banged up. Uh, they have no talent on their team. They've had no talent all year. Like you said, Washington has had a long time to prepare for the Giants, um, and so for that reason, I'm going to take Washington. I don't actually love Washington as a team, um, so I think there's a world the Giants do keep up, um, but I think Washington will win the game. Yeah, situ- situationally here, can't speak, uh, This it, it lines up so well. Again, like to have a whole month to prepare for two games against this team, to be at home, for the other team to be traveling for a second straight game on the road, for a second straight in-division game. Those games are physical. The third straight in-division game, second straight on the road. This is a tough, tough spot for the Giants. I would not want to be in the New York Giants locker room right now because they are on the road, banged up, not well-rested, and going to a team that's just sitting there waiting for them and studying their film. So really tough spot for the Giants. Strong, Strong commander's bet for me. And then the last one that I'm going to talk about is the Packers over the Rams. Um, I like the Packers' money line for a pretty substantially big bet. 
if, big if here, capital if, capital I, capital F, capital if, if the 49ers win tonight in Thursday night football and the Seattle Seahawks lose, that will create many, many, many scenarios that allow the Packers about a 65% chance to make the playoffs. So if Seattle loses tonight, the Green Bay Packers will be, have a 65% chance of making the NFL playoffs this season, despite how fucking bad they've been. And that Wait, will mean, yes, that I, will I mean, thought we're out. That's crazy. That will mean they need to win Monday night against the Rams. Now, the Rams will be without Aaron Donald. They will be without Matthew Stafford. They will be without Cooper Cup. They will be rolling out there. Jalen Ramsey, Bobby Wagner. Big Baker uh, Mayfield, baby. Woo! Cam Akers, Van Jefferson, and Ben Skoranek. Now, I know that Packers haven't been great. I think a lot of the Packers' lack of success is tied into David Bakhtiari's uh, weird offensive line injury playing, not playing situation. It's messed up the run game. It's messed up Aaron Rodgers' timing. His receivers haven't been healthy. That changes when you're coming off of a bye week playing at home. Bakhtiari is going to play. He played the full game last week. I think we could expect now after playing a full game, then going on bye, and now playing at home, he's going to play the full game again. We know Christian Watson has been great. We know Lazard has been good. We know Romeo Dobbs is getting healthy. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are starting to get rolling. Love the Packers. I don't love the touchdown that you're taking in the spread. But in a must-win situation, I am looking at a pretty substantially big bet on the Packers' money line based on the outcome of what happens tonight. So as soon as the 49ers pull away, if the 49ers are actually winning, I'm on the Seahawks, which is why I'm not taking this bet yet. But if the 49ers start to pull away or if that game ends and right when that game ends, I would jump on the Packers' money line odds. I would take that right away between Thursday and Saturday. You want to take it in that window because when people start losing money with their bets on Saturday and Sunday, they're going to chase and they're going to bet the favorite going into Monday night, which means the Packers' line between Sunday and Monday is going to get worse for you. So you want to bet this between Thursday and Saturday after the Seahawks game, but before other people start to lose money and back a Monday night favorite. So that's a lot of information. Was that not the smartest thing you've ever heard, Willie? I, I'm I'm actually like in awe right now. Like I I I, I don't even know what to think. A- amazing answer. The one what what I will say is that I think actually Packers could be a good T spot. For me, it's like yes, yeah. It's, it's like the, it's, the same way as the money line play. You could tease them because you're taking them from minus seven to minus one or six and a half to to half a point. Love them in the teaser yeah. leg too. It, it's really as simple as this. I understand Baker Mayfield came in last game and woo. Was just ended up winning the game for them, but I don't think that's going to happen again. Um, and so you're more or less betting on is Baker going to be good or is he going to be bad? If Baker's bad, Green Bay's going to roll. Simple as that. I'm going to go with Baker's going to be bad. And I think some some people may be like, oh, Baker's going to be good. They're going to take the Rams and then they're going to be disappointed. I think Green Bay wins this game. Um, and for those reasons, Mike, I'm going to agree with you on, on that yeah. game. The the other I game that I thought. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I was gonna say that the other game I'm I'm interested in is and and let me know if you think it's a T spot is is the Eagles versus the Bears. The the reason why I'm I'm saying that is because I've watched a lot of the Bears. If you've listened to this pod, you know I've been on Justin Fields' butt talks his ass all year because he's been so a you're god. The field guru. Yeah, I'm I'm the St. Brown Justin Fields man. Like that's just where I go to. And by the way, it's working and I'm winning. Um, regardless, <laughs> um, the Eagles are legit at this point. Like this is where good teams win. I said this last week, and this is where bad teams lose. The Bears are bad. I've watched the Bears all year. Justin Fields is their entire team. Darnell Mooney's out. Chase Claypool's out. They have Cole Komet, and they have the. Other St. Brown, who is nowhere near as good as the actual St. Brown. Um, with that being said, for for those reasons, I just don't think that the Bears have enough firepower to, to keep up. They may be able to keep up for part of the game, um, but the Eagles are going to win the game, and they're going to win by more than three, in my opinion. And so I think the Eagles could be a, a really good potential teaser spot. Um, yep. And 
you could do that with Detroit, right? You you could do that with with the Bill. Yeah, I mean, Ravens. The, We've pointed out a lot of good teaser spots. It could be. I think we pointed out five now. So it's Packers, um, Ravens, Lions. When you have the plus one going to the plus seven, Patriots, and now. Why am I blanking on who you're talking about? Um, and then, and then the, the Eagles. Um, there you go. So yeah, I, I think that those are, are good teaser spots. I do think as, as horrible as is to say this, the Lions are just a, a great spot to tease because even if the Lions do somehow lose, it, it just they're not going to lose by that much. The, the Jets are banged up. They lost Quinn Williams, like Corey Davis. They've lost so many people. So it, it I think that's a good spot too. And listeners, do me a favor. When you hear me and Willie give out five teaser legs, do not put all five of them in the same teaser. You choose your favorite two. You choose your favorite three. You might take all five and put them in random series of two and three leg teasers, but you're not playing a five leg teaser. We're not expecting all five of these to hit. If we hit four out of five, super profitable. If we hit three out of five, hopefully we hit the right ones. Uh, feel strongly that we're going to be playing some of these and I will tweet out which ones they are. Uh, let's move on to the DFS space, Willie. Uh, start with quarterback. We'll start with the spend ups. Guys, remember we are doing the full slate breakdown for the Saturday slash Sunday 12 game 24 team slate. Starting off with quarterback, Josh Allen going against Miami Dolphins. I think Josh Allen is certainly a spend up option. I think Jalen Hurts going against these Shitty Chicago Bears that me and you talk about is definitely an option. I like both of the spend ups. The optimizers right now are giving out Mahomes, which makes, makes no, no sense. Makes no sense, dude. Makes yeah, so no Mahomes sense. Mahomes is playing against Houston Texans. Obviously, Kansas City is a minus 14, so big favorite for Mahomes. But, like, the Houston Texans have allowed two 20-point quarterbacks all season. And it was a 21-point performance to Justin Herbert and a 20-point performance to Jalen Hurts. So uh, Texans' defense has been actually really good against the pass because teams haven't needed to pass. Justin Fields is now a spend up 7,400 going against the Philadelphia Eagles. That's such a good defense. I don't love it. Justin Herbert, I'd be excited to hear your thoughts on the Fields uh, price tag and matchup situation. Justin Herbert... 7,200 going against the Titans, I think, is in a great, great spot. So those are the spend-up options that I'm looking at. And for the budget options this week, there's really not many that I like. I mean, we could talk about a Desmond Ritter for the rushing upside. We could talk about, you know, a Mike White because he's going against the Lions and the matchup upside. But I think this is clearly a week where we're spending up for quarterback and there's some good options in Allen, Hurts, and Herbert. Talk to me about those guys and talk to me about Justin Fields because you're the Fields guru. Yeah, no, I, I really couldn't agree more with you. Um, I'm not going to say Patrick Mahomes for the exact reasons that you stated because Houston's defense is not horrible. Their offense is just atrocious, and therefore the Browns are going to score two or three defensive touchdowns on them, and that's what happens. Um Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen, very safe. Josh Allen, last time he played Miami, threw the ball 63 times, had 400 yards and two touchdowns. So That's an I, amazing stat you just provided, Willie. Say that again? Yeah, yeah. so Josh Allen, last, last time he played Miami, um, he threw the ball 63 times. He had 400 yards with two touchdowns. And also, Josh Allen's pissed the fuck off. Like, I was watching a, a, a press interview, and they were like, the Bills' offense doesn't look good enough to win a Super Bowl. And Josh Allen literally looked at this guy and was like, I'm going to fucking kill you. Like, <laughs> do you know who I am? Like, I'm going to pick shit up. They played the Jets. The Jets have a really good defense. But this is a week with there, – there's just a lot of injuries in Miami at the point at this point. And I think that Josh Allen's going to have a great game. I also think Stephon's just going to pop off. They um, also and then brought back in Beasley, right? And they love Beasley there. He's going to be someone who's been there multiple seasons, can reintegrate right into a slot role, and should help Josh Allen immediately. A hundred percent. That's a good point. I also, again, you just can't go wrong with Jalen Hurts. He's been lighting it up. Um, yep. And so I like Josh Allen, and I like Jalen Hurts. Um, again, I like Justin Herbert, too. 
I mean, <laughs> I don't think I need to explain it. He's healthy. All of his players are back. I said San Diego is a team to watch out for. I am taking their Super Bowl odds because they are going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> I love how you call him San Diego. Yeah, dude, I got to stop. That It's ridiculous. They're just nah, San Diego. I'm, I'm, I'm here in San Diego recording right now. We are we are Chargers fans abound. You still see you still see Chargers flags everywhere. Like there's a park near me that has Eckler Foundation on it. So there's still a lot yeah. of uh, San Diego pr- Chargers pride here. Um, yeah, that's that's too funny. I'm not gonna take Burrow because uh, they're playing the Bucks. But here here's the thing with Justin Fields. It, it's crazy because he is playing the Eagles, and the Eagles are, are very good against the pass. Um, and and they're just a really good team. I think teams have such a hard time stopping Justin Fields because he just runs everywhere. And I know that the Eagles are youthful and they have players that can keep up with him, but I don't know if they'll be able to keep up with him for the whole game. I mean, all he does is really he runs. This is how the Bears work. And then Komet or St. Brown, someone's wide open downfield and he passes the ball. I, do you think the Eagles are going to shut the, the Bears out, Mike? Or do you think there's a world where the Bears keep up with the Eagles? Because uh, Justin Fields, to me, I know I think you and I are a different wavelength. I think he's a very good fantasy player. and yeah, He's amazing at fantasy. I think he has a way of winning games because unless he's playing the, uh, the team that can really keep up with him, like n- not many teams can, can run with him at all. I mean, he's he's just too good in that in that mm-hmm. space, and when he runs, players get wide open. It's the same thing Patrick Mahomes does, where he just like expands plays for a minute, and then someone's wide open, just throws it down the field. He's been doing it all. He's been doing it all year. So I, I, I do I do think Fields could could have a a decent um, day, but I'm going to take Josh Allen and, and uh, Jalen Hurts. I'm going to spend up on them this week. Yeah, I think I'm leaning strongly towards Allen. The thing with Fields for me, and you, Willie, and you guys listening know that I study some of these weird analytics, and I look into some deep stats sometimes, and I try and understand some weird caveats and why things are happening. A lot of the Fields explosions, and if you look at the statistics of those games, came because they had extremely outlier high third down conversion rates. So uh, those those games where Fields was putting up 40 points, like his his 60 yard touchdowns were coming on like a third and eight when like if that play goes the other direction, they're getting off the field altogether. So like there's been a lot of opportunities where the Chicago should have lost the ball and Justin Fields has made a play. The other side of that coin is third down situations are ones where the defense, you know, are more stuck in their zones or more like, you know, set to their mans and more like in pass coverage that Justin Fields has room to to run and that he can take advantage of those situations more than another quarterback. So I'm not really sure if it's a, you know, which side of the coin that is for that reason and because of the matchup situation, because this both of these teams are so run heavy, I don't want to go into uh, fantasy with one of these guys. I love the Eagles in a in a bet situation. I love the Eagles tease down. I think Eagles are the right side, but I also think there might be the, the, there might be sixty runs in this game through both teams. In which case the the clock is just ticking. In which case you don't want any of the players in fantasy. So I'm avoiding Fields this week. But I know I might be wrong. I've been wrong plenty of times no, when I've said actually avoid I agree with you. I I I've almost always disagree with you. I, I do agree with you this week. I, I don't. I think it makes sense to spend up on Allen and Hurts, so that's what I'm going to do. The, 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 the volume that Allen had against the Dolphins last time that you mentioned is, is just outstanding. He's at home, and he rushes too. So you mentioned he had like you know 400 yards and ran through 60 times and whatever, but like he also runs. So like the guy is just absolutely dominant. I'm going to be playing probably Josh Allen. Let's move on to running back. Willie, uh, Austin Eckler is the highest spend-up on the slate, uh, 8,500. He's going against a team that has historically been a really good rushing defense, but he's kind of a pass catcher, so I'd be excited to see how you feel about that. Josh Jacobs, 8,100 going against New England. I don't like the matchup for Josh Jacobs at all. Derrick Henry's in a situation where I absolutely love Derrick Henry this week. The Chargers can't stop the run. And Dontrell Hilliard. 
the Henry handcuff got carted off last week with a neck injury. So I do expect those Hilliard screen passes to actually go Henry's way this week. So I think in a DraftKings full PPR, we're going to be looking at a week where Henry gets four catches, three, four catches. So easy points to add on to a guy who's already a monster when it comes to rushing the ball. Saquon, I'm out because this Washington front is just so elite and Saquon is clearly hurt. Mixon, P. Ryan's just been doing too much recently for me to invest in Mixon. Tony Pollard, ah, it's tough for me to get to a spend up with Tony Pollard considering his snap count is just simply not as high as some of these other guys. Ramondre, I don't think he's going to play. James Conner, I actually think, is an absolute smash play, uh, Willie. He's been getting so much work. Uh, they don't have Kyler anymore. They're going against Denver. Colt McCoy is going to be dumping off the ball to him. They cut Eno Benjamin. He's like the only running back left there. I think he played 88% of the snaps last week. Uh, so I actually really like James Conner. The optimizers right now are giving out Kamara. They're giving out Latavius Murray. They're giving out Austin Eckler in some spots. So I'm seeing a lot of Kamara. I don't really love him myself. Uh, he just hasn't been getting the right usage. Talk to me about who your eyes are on. And the spend-ups, I'm clearly looking at Derrick Henry right now, maybe James Conner. Yeah, I um, I, I love Eckler um, just because he's a beast. Definitely love Derrick Henry, so I'm going to agree with you there. Um, and I actually didn't really look into James Conner that much, and I'm looking into him now, and it's like, whoa. The guy's been a beast two weeks in a row, seeing a bunch of volume. Um, yeah, so I they're really not playing that. any other running back. It's crazy. Yeah, I, mean, I, I wasn't. Big, this is the first year of a big deal for him, so he's clearly going to be there next year, regardless of how much offseason turmoil the Arizona Cardinals might have. Uh, James Conner will still be there, so maybe that's why they feel comfortable continuing to play him. Yeah, I, I, it's, a, it's a really good point. That's, it's, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And you said, do, do you like Tony or you don't like Tony? I, I didn't hear what you said. So Tony's obviously so good, right? But I just don't. It's tough for me to spend $7,000 on a guy who doesn't get that level of snap count as some of his counterparts in this range, right? Like, Tony Pollard's still only playing, what, 55 60% of the snaps? Zeke is still okay. getting 20 touches a game, you know, 17-plus touches a game. Are we investing in a timeshare running back as a spend-up? I'm okay doing it as a flex option. I'm okay doing it as a valuable option, but I don't know if I'm going to do it as a spend-up. How do you feel? Hmm. I don't know. I'm looking at his game log right now. And I mean, he's, week been, eight. he's been making me look like a fool with this take, but I, you know, I, I stick to the script. Yeah, no, you're sticking to the script. I mean, his, his game log is ridiculous. Um, he, he's been absurd. So it, it's, really, it's really hard to say anything negative about him, but I get the whole game script thing. And so for that reason, I'm with you. I like Tony a lot. I think he's just a very efficient, good player and will continue to, uh, to do so. I also <clears throat> really like Zeke as well, um, just because he sees a lot of carries. He's very consistent. Um, for me, in terms of value plays, I like um, Zonovan Knight. Um, I think he's been really good Z for the Jets. Yeah, yeah Z he he's been really good for the Jets. I mean, Michael Carter got hurt, and then Z Knight started. Wow, I love. I'm gonna start calling him Z Knight for sure. Um, <laughs> And then he, he took over the backfield. He is ahead of, of Michael Carter right now. And the Jets, not really knowing what's going on with the QB situation, Mike White being banged up, even though Detroit is good against the run, they're going to be running a lot. And um, for that reason, I like Z Knight. He's been good. Um, and that is one player I, I really do like. The, the next player... Um, I wanted to talk about is where is it? Oh, Pacheco. Yeah, the Chiefs. Ooh, Pacheco's at a good spot too. Yeah. Listen, Pacheco is playing Houston, who's given up the most fantasy points. He's seen from week ten on sixteen attempts, fifteen, twenty-two, fourteen, thirteen, and he's had two touchdowns in those games. I, they don't have anybody like they, they've been using him a lot. I really like his usage. And for, for the most part, like he looks great. He's, he's a strong runner. He's a downhill runner and Houston sucks. And I think that the Chiefs will be running the ball a lot. So I think there's value there. Um, to, yeah, to take I like that a lot, Willie. His last four games, uh, going back four games ago and then working to now 14, 16, 16, 12. So like 
He's been balling out fantasy performance-wise. Uh, and it's it's I, crazy. I, that's dude, a, that's a really good spot. Earlier in the season, I liked him too, but they just weren't giving him like the volume. But I thought he was like good, just from like a like just from watching he runs him. Hard. I, what he runs so hard. He it's like get angry. the fuck out of my way. Like, yep. and and I love it. I love his attitude. So let's go. I'm I, I'm riding him. I, I like him a lot. This week. I really like that too. Sidebar, Willie, I just looked up the Tony Pollard snap count situation. He played 41 of 71 Cowboys snaps last week. He was on the field for 58% of the snaps. And this season, he's been on the field for 44% of the the snaps. So, obviously, it's been increasing compared to a season-long role. Uh, Probably expected to stay around 55%, but that's just not enough uh snap snap volume for me to spend up for him but i really like the pacheco snipe what about um foreman this week he's been getting so much volume but they're going against the steelers uh and he doesn't really catch the ball so for ppr i'm a little bit wary but the volume and just the price tag is is seems under yeah so yeah i mean the steelers played baltimore last week and jk dobbins who still doesn't look like he's his normal self and has said that rolled over them. Um, but for me, listen, Foreman's had the last four weeks, 31 attempts, 11, 24 and 21. Like we love consistency. And in those four weeks, two of those weeks, he had a hundred plus yards. He, yep. he's a good running back. He's safe. He's stable. He may not give you too much upside. He may give you like 10, 12 points, but if he does score that touchdown, it'll get to the 18 to 20 area, and that's when it'll, it'll be a big difference. So I do really like Foreman as well, um, and uh, I'm a big fan of him. He's just a, a consistent player who, who runs really hard. Carolina doesn't look horrible, um, and I like him there just from a volume standpoint. The last one that I would just throw out there is whoever's the Texans running backs. I, I know Damian Pierce is going to be out this week, so it's either going to be Rex Burkhead or Dare Ugumbawale. Uh, they're going against the Chiefs, so I do think that these running backs are going to get some nice pass-catching volume. So that guy, Burkhead, because we know Burkhead can catch, definitely intriguing to me as just a very cheap option who can easily score 10-plus points. Uh I actually like Burkhead this week. I, I I'd be surprised. I don't, because I don't. In the beginning of the year, I guess uh, maybe maybe you're right. I, I'm looking at his game log. He had 14 attempts week one. And he had 12 points for 40 yards, and then after that, everything went downhill. Obviously, Damian Pierce came into the picture. I thought Damian Pierce. I don't remember when Damian Pierce came into the picture. I thought it was like week, week three. Two. Week two. Oh, okay. If it was week two, then fine. Then uh, then I'm with you. I think he'll he'll see a decent amount of carries, and they're gonna. He also had eight a- targets. Burke had eight targets in that week one spot. So that's kind of the exact same spot that I'm going to. Where he had 14 carries and eight targets, 22 opportunities for Rex Burkhead in week one. Probably playing in a similar role this week. Those eight targets against KC should be there again. I, I like Burkhead. Uh, I, I will let you guys know on the Saturday show if I play him. Huh? Are, are we are we sure they're going to go to him? Like that's my biggest thing. Like I I like Burkhead too. If they are going to, yeah, it could be late in the season. They could be like, let's just play the young guy in Dare. They've been you know starting the quarterback Jeff Driscoll uh, like half the snaps. He's like their Taysom Hill, so we don't know. Uh, right. So I, will, I if, like if I decide to play Burkhead, I'll include him on the Saturday show as a member of the core four for the listeners, so they gotcha. know. All right, let's move on and discuss wide receivers. Uh, the biggest spend up is Devontae Adams. If Panda Jack is out, then Devontae Adams does make for a strong play. Squeaky wheel gets the grease. Everyone knows that Devontae, you know, was not targeted in the second half last week. We've all heard it. He's going to get targeted many of times in both halves this week. Um, Tyreek Hill, I like it. I'm a little concerned with the ankle situation. Jamar Chase, not in love with it going against Tampa Bay just because Tampa Bay is so crappy. They bring you down into their level of the mud. Love Stephon Diggs this week. I love the idea of pairing Josh Allen with Diggs. If we look at Allen's volume last time they've played, uh, Diggs is a PPR machine. Love Stephon Diggs. He's coming off a tough week where he only had 30-something yards, so his price is a little deflated. I think we can go in and take advantage of that. 
Um, Amon Ra St. Brown, I'd be excited for your opinion on that, Willie, because you're the Amon Ra whisperer. Going against Sauce Gardner, he's definitely been reduced in his price, but he's uh, has a really tough matchup. I'm probably avoiding Amon Ra this week. CeeDee Lamb is another name that I'm really looking at. Against Jacksonville, this game might be a shootout. Um, full PPR, love CD and love uh, Diggs as the spend-up options. What are you seeing out there, Willie? Yeah, I, I for me, uh, I'm going to spend up on Stefan. Um, I want to link Josh Allen and Stefan together this week. I think they're both going to have monstrous weeks. Um, in terms of what I'm seeing, I like, from a value standpoint, I like Chris Moore, um, the Houston's wide receiver, who yep. had 11 targets last week, 10 receptions for 124 yards. Obviously, that means that that has to um, be with Nico Collins and Brandon Cooks not playing. I actually don't mind Nico Collins if he is playing, but um, for more, those two have to be out. Um, and he had a great game last week. They're playing the Chiefs. The Chiefs have given up the fourth, fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers. They're going to be down all game, which means they're going to be throwing. It's a good game script for him. So I like Chris Moore in that spot. I also, um, oh yeah, on top of that, no, no, I, I also, um, like, um, what's his first f- fucking name? The other St. Brown? It's, like, it's a crazy name. Ex- Equinemius. Yeah, you said, you know, I love the way you said that. I only know it because I watched Pat McAfee's show, and he has Aaron Rodgers on often, and and uh, EQ used to be a Packers receiver, so I used to hear Aaron Rodgers say, oh, my guy, Equinemius, and stuff like that. So, Equinemius St. Yeah. Brown. Um, I really like him as well. Um, especially because Claypool and um, Darnell Mooney yeah. are out, um, and Brown is the next man up, and Justin is going to be running that game. Yeah, and Justin's going to be running like he he runs everywhere. He gets the defense like all out of sorts, and then he just throws bombs, and that's right up St. Brown's alley. That's that's his his game script. That's how he plays. Um, and so for that reason, I think that there's value in taking him there for the yeah, spend like up. For spend-ups, I like, which I'm, I'm going in backwards order. I, I Like I said, I love Diggs. I love CD. Keenan Allen has just so the audience knows, has had 28 targets over the last two games. And yep. I don't know how many times I need to tell you this. Herbert's healthy. Do not under, underestimate Mike Williams and Keenan Allen moving forward in fantasy. Like, they, they're, so really, they're good. I kind of want to hit this middle range of the receivers because there's actually a ton of them that I like. So Keenan Allen at 6,800. Think definitely an option. I think of Mike Williams, six thousand three hundred, absolutely an option for this week. I'm surprised Mike Williams is so low. Um, I think Christian Kirk in this situation should definitely be looked at. I think Jerry Judy is someone that me and you have talked about off air. If Sutton is out, if Russ is playing against Arizona, Jerry Judy finds himself in an amazing situation this off week. Off air. Wait, wait, wait. Let's bring it back to last. What are you talking about off air? Remember when it was on air and we were all over Jerry Judy last week and he threw us up Did a we? bomb? Are, oh, you, that's are you joking? You were like, Willie, I love the Jerry Judy take. I'm like, hell yeah. And I was like, but I'm also taking Dulcich, two Denver players. You're like, yep. that's – Interesting. Terrifying. We were all over Jerry. Let's go, baby. I think right, Jerry's well, I'm gonna back be- on. I'm back on the board this week. If the situation's the same with Russ playing, I want to see about the Russ concussion. I want to make sure that Cortland Sutton is still out. But I mean, Jerry Judy finds himself in an amazing spot yet again. Garrett Wilson finds himself in a strong spot going against the Detroit Lions if Mike White is healthy. Um, Terrace Marshall Jr. finds himself in a really strong spot if DJ Moore is out and Marshall becomes the number one receiver for the uh, Carolina Panthers. So a lot of middle-tier options that I like a lot on this wide receiver slate. Michael Gallup is given out by a lot of the optimizer lineups, and so is Juju. So pretty uh, confused by the Juju Mahomes stack. I don't think that's going to last by these optimizer formulas. The Michael Gallup one makes a lot of sense, um, and the spend-up ones are CD and a lot of uh, Stefan Diggs, too. Yeah, everybody who's listening, just have faith in me. Josh Allen and Diggs this week. Just have faith, Yeah, please. Yep. All right, we- let's move on to tight end. Uh, Kelsey's the obvious spend-up. I won't be touching him because we're against Mahomes. It's the Houston matchup. It's not great. 
Goddard returning off IR, not going to touch it. Farmuth been dealing with it injuries, only been playing like 55% of the snaps, not going to go there. Dalton Schultz has been absolutely rolling. I think, Willie, you've been on the Dalton Schultz train. You've been calling him every week on this podcast. Thank you for doing that um, on behalf of the listeners. Um, Yes, sir. So Dalton Schultz is definitely another name that we could go towards. Evan Ingram showed By the way, he had, last week. he had 10 targets last game really quickly, just so you know, Dalton. Who, Schultz? Yeah, I mean, that's that's crazy. Yeah, love 10, that. Yeah. Um, there's also some some cheaper options that I like this week. Um, like, is Taysom Hill uh, a tight end? Yeah. Yeah. He's no, he's a one. quarterback yeah. on DraftKings. He's only a quarterback no. on DraftKings. Oh no way! Oh no way! On in fantasy, regular fantasy, he's just you, yeah. So you if you're play playing regular fantasy, which I am, I, there's a strong chance that I'm playing Taysom Hill this week. They're coming off the bye. He's been getting a lot of quarterback snaps. He's listed as a quarterback on DraftKings for a reason. Uh, so if you could slide him into your tight end, especially if Juwan Johnson is out for the Saints, I love that. I'm also looking at Greg Dolchich for DFS purposes. Same reason as all the Jerry Judy stuff. Going against Arizona, they're the number one worst team against tight end. If Russ is playing, Dolchitz is out there. Nathaniel Hackett said they're using Dolchitz in a quote-unquote wide receiver role. Um, so love his eight targets. Love his, uh, you know, average depth of target, his dot. Think that makes Dolchich a strong yeah, I, play, and I like Schultz too. Yeah, I think for Dolchitz, I just want our listeners to understand this because we've been giving out Dolchitz a lot. Um, it's been week after week, maybe after week. So three weeks in a row, I feel like we've given out Dolchitz. Um, or maybe it's been two weeks, but the targets are there, right? And that's yeah. what we care about. And, and there's injuries. And he, he had 15 points two weeks ago. I know he had seven points, and we, we gave him out last week. And that's disappointing. It really is. Um but this week he's going up against Arizona. They're so horrible. Uh, they've given up the most fantasy points to tight end. So I, I really do like Dulcich in this area. I'm not sure he's going to get you 20 points, 18 points, but I think he can get you in the 12 to 15 range um, with possible upside. And um, for those, for that reason, I I do like Dulcich as well. Um, I'm I'm trying. To, I also I do like Dalton. I've been giving out Dalton a lot. I think that it's going to be a a lot of throwing in that game. I mean, it's going to be a lot of running and throwing, which is why um, I just don't think you can ever go wrong with, like, Tony and Zeke. But I do think um, because there's going to be a good amount of throwing, I like Dalton there. And I'm trying to think talk if to there's any... About, um, talk to me about these two guys. I'm seeing a lot on the optimizers. Jordan Akins, I think that's his first name. Uh, yeah, Jordan Akins of the Texans going against the Chiefs because they have no weapons anymore. Like we talked about Chris Moore. We've talked about, you know, them not having Damian Pierce. So he's a name being popped up by a lot of the optimizers. And so is your boy Tyler Conklin of the Jets going against the Detroit Lions. Do you like either of those, like, very valuable budget options? Not really. Um, What are they? Yeah, I don't either. I don't. I don't. I don't. Um, I, I do actually like Komet, potentially. Um, Yeah. Cole, like I, I again, like I don't know how many times I need to like share this on on this podcast that Justin Fields runs nonstop, and because he runs nonstop, it opens up the field for players. And there's been nobody more consistent than Komet, who who catches those touchdowns and those bombs later in the season. And for that reason, I I think you could take Komet with um, who has a decent amount of upside with all the injuries on that team as well. So my three players, just in summary, are Dalton, Komet, and Dulcich. Um, yep. And, uh, yeah, that's where that's where I stand. I agree. And just to, to hammer home your point for the listeners, what Willie is saying about Justin Fields, like he's running so much, so that creates opportunity for the pass catchers. What he's saying is he's, like, he's running so much in the backfield that the plays are breaking down in the secondary, which just allows for big opportunity plays. So those, exactly. like... He's had, like, like if you look at uh, Cole Komet's air yards over the last few weeks, like, how far have, have the balls traveled that he's been targeted on? Like, it's probably the number one of the tight ends because he's just being looked at on these massively deep balls. So they're high-value targets. They're, you know, 50-yard touchdown situations. So definitely right. love the Cole Komet uh, angle. And let's transition over to defense, Willie. I think there's a, quite a few options for defenses this week. Um 
the optimizers quickly are giving out Bills, Broncos, a lot of Bills, and one Broncos. So I definitely think you can certainly go Broncos against Arizona and Colt McCoy. Bills a little questionable, I guess, because of the pressure that Miami's been allowing since their offensive linemen are out that we've been thinking maybe we could attack the Miami um, I think New Orleans defense going against the first game of Desmond Ritter is an option. The, the one that I absolutely love is the Commanders against the Giants. Uh, I'm going to be playing this in my season-long league. We talked about this earlier on the pod. The Commanders have been just been preparing for the Giants for three straight weeks, uh, two games and a bye. So uh, now they're at home. Their defense has been amazing. I love the Commanders' defense this week. I think that's really strongly where I'm looking. Yeah, um, I agree with you. Um, I think the Broncos' defense is is. I think I'm going to go with the Broncos here. Um, I'm just they're I'm thinking about the Broncos. D. They're cheap. I don't really understand why they're so cheap. I'm also just thinking about like where where do you stand with like a a Baltimore like defense like if that game script is going to be really low scoring and the conditions are not going to be great is there a world where Baltimore or Cleveland like have a good defensive day Baltimore yes I I uh and Cleveland, yes. I mean, both of them. I would especially look towards the weather in that game. If that if it's 4 o'clock and it's, you know, that game starts at 4.30 on Saturday and that game is the sleeting situation that we've been talking about, then, yeah, I think the defenses are in certainly great opportunities to get some wet balls, to get some broken down plays, to get some extra sacks. Um, if you see the total in that game continue to drop further, it's actually climbed back up to 38.5. So it started at 41.5. It dipped down to 37. Now it's back to 38 and a half. There's clearly some weather fluctuations happening in this Cleveland area for this game. So be cognizant of that for this start. But I do think if this is a weather-affected game, then, yeah, I like both defenses. I'm going to stick with um, Broncos and the Commanders. Um, So I'm going to agree with you on, on that front. I think those are two very good options. Sweet. All right. Um, that should wrap us up for the DFS talks. Um, good luck to everyone if you're in a fantasy playoff situation this week. If you're not, hopefully you can just smash a DFS lineup. Willie, I want to ask you one last question before we get out of here. We have the Ravens. We have the Ravens Browns game at thirty-eight and a half as an over under. We have the Pittsburgh Steelers-Carolina Panthers game at 37.5. And And we have the Denver Broncos-Cardinals game at 36.5. Which of these games do you think has the biggest chance of actually being a shootout and going the other way and going way over the total? And the reason why I ask is because if you're going to play a GPP tournament, if you're going to play one of these DraftKings Millie Makers and you're going to stack a game – and say, okay, I hope this game goes actually opposite of the script that we're expecting, and I could try and win like a massive lineup and, and hit big and invest in guys that are going to be low-owned players in a game that people are expecting to not score a lot. So if this game goes off, I could win thousands of dollars on my low-entry fee lineup. Which game of those three games do you think has the chance of going over, like way over 50 points? on Car- Car- uh, Cardinals, Broncos... Panthers, Steelers, or Ravens, Browns. Are is Kenny Pickett playing for the Steelers this week? Um, that has but, that has a. Lot. I know he's in protocol now, so I would lean. No. Okay, so if Kenny Pickett does not, then absolutely not the Steelers versus the Panthers um, because Mitchell Trubisky is trash. Um, I would say. Broncos Cardinals, I, can't, I, I just can't do it because the Broncos have a good defense and their offense has just been bad all year, which would lead me to say, I, look, eh, the Browns-Ravens, it could be like a, a, a messy game with the weather, um, which could somehow lead to like better field position and more, more points. Or I, if, if there is no horrible weather uh, condition, I think that there's a world that Deshaun Watson ends up 
he has upside yeah. to to be really Watson good. Could pop off. Amari Cooper could go off with him. Donovan Peoples Jones. And I don't think Tyler Huntley is horrible. I think Tyler Huntley will be able to throw. If it's not even right. a question, actually, it's the Ravens and the Browns, and that's where I'm I'm sticking with that. I, I just had to think about it out loud, but that just makes the most sense. So maybe if it's not a terrible rainstorm, if it's not icing, sleeting, you might want to play into that and play a bunch of Ravens-Browns players in a tournament lineup, in a cheap lineup, and try and hit big. The other plays that we gave out, these are cash game plays. These are games that you're playing in 50-50s and double-ups. These are probably going to be more owned players because a lot of people think, you know, in the way me and Willie are, we're watching the lines, we're understanding the totals, we're targeting high total games. So if you're going for a normal 50-50 or a double up, a cash contest, you want to play into these situations. If you're going with a GPP tournament, you want to go the other way. I will be back on Saturday talking about a core four for cash contest. Willie, we will see you next Thursday. Thank you, as always, for your time. Let's hope we have another week where we absolutely crush the betting slate. We've given out five great teaser legs. We've given out a few great straight bets as well. Uh, they are tweeted on my Twitter feed, at MFiddle. You can go follow me there. Anything else you want to say before we get out of here, Will? No, everybody check out MFiddle. It is very legit content, and he knows exactly what he's talking about and is profitable. Thank you for having me. See you next week, baby. As always, peace out.